Welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast. I'm Dolores Semeraro, and this is my weekly show, where tourism, travel, and hospitality industry professionals meet to discuss and share marketing strategies as they reshape the future of travel. If you want to learn the truth directly from the leaders and the doers of this industry, you are in the right place. Before you dive into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And while you're on it, go on and follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Truth Behind Travel Podcast. Welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast, season three underway, and this is episode number 54. These days, as I record and publish each episode, I'm actually experiencing this thing called van life firsthand. We're on the move across Albania with our camper van and podcasting about the future of the travel industry has never felt so appropriate. Particularly for one aspect, which affects all our customers in this industry. Whether they are traveling or not, it is the world of travel writing that inspires them to move forward. Yes, because whether they are actually traveling or just reading about destinations, hotels, experiences, reading truly affects the way they feel, plan, decide to travel again. So today on the podcast, I wanted to explore a bit more on how does the life of a travel writer looks these days? What are the responsibilities that they feel compelled to? And how is this ever-changing world of social media content affecting the future of travel writing? Particularly if you, as a tourism industry entrepreneur, or a business owner in the travel industry, or a hotel manager, are planning to work with travel writers to revive your web presence, your content, and connect again with your true audience. My guest today is the author of the travel blog, I'm Just a Girl 16, Chloe Dickinson. A nomadic traveler, a blogger, a freelance writer who travel proofs each piece of writing she creates. Chloe's purpose of travel writing is to inspire and inform people, normal people, about affordable luxury, a travel experience that does not have to compromise, but instead is about choosing what works best for each traveler. Now join me as I welcome Chloe Dickinson to Truth Behind Travel Podcast. Welcome back to the show and thank you so much, Chloe, for joining me today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to connect. Uh, I know you are in the middle of a lot of projects right now and uh, particularly when it comes to uh, supporting your clients with uh, travel writing, blogs, articles, content, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We want to talk about how is the world of travel writing changing or has it changed already? And I want to hear from you how, how that change is, is, you know, how are you experiencing it as a person that writes, not just to describe and inform and inspire but also as a person that writes to as a sort of responsibility to share what is going on in the world and how people can people that are starting to travel again what are they going to find what are they going to expect so thank you so much for joining me why don't you give us a little bit of background of how did you start this passion how did that start and how is it going 
Okay, so I've I've always loved the idea of traveling and I've always wanted to travel in some capacity. Um, but when I was at school, I was like, well, you know, you can't make money from traveling. You know, that that's the dream job to be able to travel for a living. But how on earth do you do that? I started doing digital marketing and um, I was blogging on the side and then freelance writing on the side. And then um, my boyfriend and I started traveling more just to city breaks in Europe, you know, to Prague and Budapest and Paris. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. How do I do this for a living? So I spent ages researching. I did loads of courses in SEO and affiliate marketing. And then I just started building up my blog and social following, but more focusing on the blog. And then it got to the point where I was I was sort of making more money from traveling, uh, travel blogging and travel writing than I was at my marketing job. So I left that and my boyfriend and I booked a one-way ticket to New Zealand um, with plans to travel indefinitely. And then we've been doing that for three and a half years now. So that huge risk um, worked out, but it, it was obviously quite scary at the time. But it, it was it's such a passion of mine to travel firstly and then write about those travels and to share that experience and that journey with with people who wanted to do the same. I wanted to be able to be like, OK, you actually can do it. It's not just some attainable like Instagram dream you can do it I've been doing it for six years now so it's not like it wasn't just like oh I wrote a travel article it went viral and then you know I I got paid to travel for a living it's not as easy as that um and a lot of my income is from freelance writing as well so writing for other publications and then I'm sure we'll get on to but like in the pandemic when people weren't traveling I basically had to take a step back from that and I started writing about like travel uh, car insurance and just really mundane articles to supplement that income loss from the lack of travel. So there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes, work that sometimes we don't put in the blogs, work that goes unseen, so to speak. And when you started traveling, your passion for travel writing was really about sharing with whoever was reading your your content, your articles, your blogs, how to travel but how to get the best of it, not necessarily going into a Instagram dream stereotype of, of travel perfection, but also not even just going, you know, sacrificing pleasure of travels by, by traveling on a very, very tight budget. So you kind of merged these two worlds and you made it a focus of your travel writing, which focuses on affordable luxury. Do you think that's how your travel writing got started? Just because you were focusing on that niche? Because you've instead of writing about everything, you focused, you decided to focus on a specific niche? In the beginning, I definitely didn't have a niche. I basically just wrote about any trip that I'd been on, you know, so like, if we'd spent a week in Spain on the beach, I wrote about that. But then I also wrote about city breaks. And I still do that now, but with a focus on affordable luxury. And basically, that that means for me personally, is you know, we might splash out on a nice hotel, but then eat street food for a week. Or we might, you know, stay in like a really budget hostel or, and, you know, like a really cheap Airbnb, but then enjoy like Michelin star restaurant meals. And then we might compromise on both accommodation and food, but then do a really splash out experience. So I like to be able to combine the two, you know, at first it was probably more budget travel, but then it was like, okay, well, I love doing that to be able to travel for longer, but I also like, you know, nicer experiences and stuff. So it was like, well, if I can combine the two and 
encourage other people to do the same. You know, you don't have to compromise on everything the same as you don't have to splash out on everything. And do you think this is how travelers will be mostly traveling when they will be traveling again or as people have started to travel again? Is is this the type of travel writing that will be required? Is this where travel writing is going? For me personally, a lot of my posts since, you know, just after the pandemic, um, people are, are researching for like road trip content, which obviously road trips aren't necessarily super cheap. But I think the fact that you can travel slower for longer helps to keep the budget down. And obviously, you know, petrol costs are a whole different thing that, but you know, that that's expensive. But I think if them, if people are living in like a camper van, for example, or an RV, they can keep costs down by cooking their own meals and staying in one place for longer rather than, you know, staying in luxury hotels and things like that. But when it comes to other things, for example, when you search travel informations or inspirations, uh, what are the most commonly searched topic that you have noticed when it comes to travel content? From from my experience, as I said, camper van travel, um, a, lo- a lot of my, because I, I, we bought and converted our own camper van in the UK last year. Um, so those posts have been read quite a lot for like the last sort of 18 months or so. Um, not necessarily people wanting to convert their own camper van, but just how to how to do camper van travel. Um, so I have, a, I have a blog post of like how much money we spent converting the camper van, um, which has been read quite a lot. And then I've got a lot of road trip content about um, New Zealand and Australia and uh, just the UK in general. People want to do their long-term road trip con- uh, travel um, which is why they you know they're researching that and they're seeing how it's possible and i think they they want a step by step itinerary of like to people it's like well how do you how do you camp a van around the uk how do i literally do that and my my content is like okay well you start here and you finish here and here are all the spots we went to and here's what you can do too it's not just like oh my god i've got a camp van now where do i drive to it's like well this this is what you do Exactly. I like that point of of the step-by-step. A lot of people, they want to have content that, yes, inspires them. But right now, I think in general, digital content has sort of moved on from that Instagram perfection look that we've experienced over the last years and particularly after the, the last two years where people are more in need of real information actual information how to go there what to do because we've been exposed to informations that are very like very much factual because over the pandemic time we had to know exactly i don't know travel arrangement protocols restrictions everything got very factual so that sort of um, mindset like it stayed a little bit and it translated into a habit of traveling again so instead of looking for um, an inspirational location where you have this idyllic beautiful place and and get the perfect picture people actually want to know how do I get there how's the road can I drive there or can I get a train how does the train uh, connection work how many so those all these factual and this is how travel writing can help people travel again and if you look at how these changes have affected the way we perceive travel and across you know different topics across 
you you use travel writing from first-hand experience and then you translate it into into the content you put out where is travel writing going in the future like is it going to be this informative factual direction or it's going to be again back to the dreamy inspirational tone of voice what do you think it's it's a bit of a cop-out answer but I do think it, it will be a combination of both I think people like to read well like to see visual content you know video content and and image content is is, is like the inspiration so people want to go on TikTok and and see like you know the five most Instagrammable places in Italy um and they want to go there because it's beautiful but then I think there's a lot of of people wanting to see like like you were saying you know step-by-step guides of how do I actually travel to this place you know it's all it's all good dreaming about Rome but it's like okay how do I literally book a flight to Rome how do I book an accommodation how do I what do I see I've actually had two people in the last week asking me how I find flights and book flights and I because I'm sort of in the industry I'm like well everyone just knows about Skyscanner and Google Flights and these people had never even heard of Skyscanner and I was like that that seems crazy to me but you know and, and because I'm so involved in the industry I assume everybody knows what I know but that's not true so those people asking me those questions were so helpful to me because it's like wow I can actually share I still have this expertise you know there are still people who don't know how to travel and because I've been doing it for so long like I said I just assume people know but it's quite nice from a travel writer point of view to know that there are still people who who need that help and need sort of to be told how to how to travel it's more of a um, as you said is that it's building the habit and the more you know the less you become perceptive of what people still don't know and there's a lot of that so this is something as you mentioned briefly just now like you mentioned tiktok something else that we also got used to it is is consuming travel content in a specific way and today one of the things that i wanted i want us to talk about it's exactly this is this for me is it's, it's it's controversial and I can't get my head around it how we've come so far and so low in in a way of a quality of content that we consume. Why? Because social media is dictating the format of content that we are we we we'd like to watch or we'd like to read or we'd like to listen to. I mean, look at us. Now we're doing podcasting. And this is going to be audio content put out that will help someone in the industry listening to this episode. At the same time, there is video content also going out there. And that video content needs to be shorter and shorter and shorter to the point that we, what are we going to describe? What are we going to show if we only have a few seconds left? So my question to you is, is the span of attention of a reader, of a of a digital, of your audience, like let's not call them consumer because they, they, yes, they consume content, but really they are our audience, right? Is that span of attention really affecting the way you are you know going about your travel writing are you letting that affecting you or are you sticking to your style yeah um that's a really interesting question I'm really glad you asked that because yes when TikTok sort of came out and when all these videos travel videos were going viral and shown um you know inspirational things I was like oh my god I I, I can't do that I'm not 
trained in video content I don't really want to be involved in that you know I first and foremost I'm a, I'm a writer and a travel writer at that um so I was like okay well that's it that's the end of blogging and it's just all about video and then obviously you know you take a step back and I was like okay well, that's that's not true because people are still reading my blog people are still buying travel books people are still wanting to read about travel because like you said in a in a 10 second TikTok video you can get like pictures of of videos of inspirational and beautiful places but you don't get any information about them so I think TikTok is great for setting that precedent in someone's mind of going okay I want to go to this place but you know then it's like well they've just they either forget about it and it's like oh great I want to go there eventually or the people who are really interested in travel and consuming that travel content will go okay that that's so beautiful how do I make that happen so I'm not I'm not changing my style so much as sort of combining the two you know at at first I was really reluctant to to be on TikTok and I'm still testing the waters I'm still not a video maker at all um but I'm trying to sort of now make videos on TikTok and then create posts about it or I'm taking my old blog posts that have performed super well and then making video content about it so sort of combining the two for the people who like you said, have the shorter attention spans and just sort of want that 10 second inspiration. And then the people who actually want to start researching these trips and making that happen, um, then they can go to my blog and and find the destinations. Sort of like an appetizer, like a teaser to to the content you put out, to a a bigger content, a more in-depth information range that, that you could provide. And and I wonder, like we were talking about it, you know, just before the recording. If we continue to put out a certain type of format, a certain type of content format, because we think or we are told or we understand or from statistics or or data that are provided to us by other engines as well, um, that this is the kind of format that the audience will likely consume and will likely go through and it will likely work online. I see it also from the audience side. So if the audience only sees that type of format coming to them, they will only get used to and and over time, you know, being educated, oh, okay, we got to watch videos. Videos need to be 15 seconds. And then I my attention span decreases and decreases and gets lower and lower and lower we should always be mindful not just of what works but who we are and what and if the format and content that we put out represents us and then let that speaks to our speak to our audience as instead of the opposite way right um but in terms of travel writing in terms of of digital writing, writing on blogs online right so that also has certain format for example length of the text or number of words or or keywords what's the background job what's the background work that you do when you prepare an article before putting it out there a lot of keyword research um to make sure you know i i i still use my blog as an almost travel diary for myself so you first and foremost i'm i write in based on my travels and experiences you know my my blog is a, a culmination of, of all my travels so I always know what I'm going to write about. You know, for example, we've just done a 
a two-week interrailing trip through Europe. So I knew I wanted to write about the cities we went to, such as Brussels and Munich and Vienna. I knew I wanted to create content for that. But then when it comes to sitting and writing, it's like, okay, well, how do I structure this? Do people, do they want to read like an ultimate guide to Vienna or do they want to know how to spend two days in Vienna or three days in Vienna? And then it's sort of like, we're seeing what performs best on Google. So what are people searching for? Are, are they wanting to spend two days or three days? And, you know, to some people that else, why does it matter? You know, just, just write about it. But that actually does make a huge difference of how long people are going to spend there. You know, I could easily write a, a guide about the best things to do in Vienna, but there are probably tens of millions of, of posts. And I could try and be the best writer in the world and the best at SEO, but realistically, I'm probably not going to get to the first page on Google for that, at least for not a very long time. Whereas, you know, a two-day itinerary to Vienna, which includes everything to see and do and eat and where to stay and how to get there and how to get around the city, I feel like I've got authority on that a little bit more because I've actually just done that. I've literally just done the two-day trip. So I can write about it from a personal experience, but I can also write about it in like for google and for people who are searching and also you're staying in your niche like you are still following and, and nurturing and, and and curating the niche of audience the audience niche that follows that type of content because i think in in travel whether it's travel content creation or imagery videography or writing we always try to please a little bit of everything and anything And at the same time, we're diluting the style, the content, the character of it. Um, and when, instead, when we stay on a specific niche, we're much more successful. We're serving our audience better. So as people, as people are starting to travel again and obviously going online, searching for information, inspirations or places to go, how to, a lot of how to, as we mentioned before, there's different content for different audience and you are a travel writer that first and foremost travels and then you write about your travels so that when you actually put these informations out there they're tested they are proofed they are travel proof so what do you think travel writing should focus on like moving forward to encourage people to travel or at least to make them feel safer Yeah, so I think the how-to guides are important. I think, you know, as I was mentioning about like Skyscanner, for example, I think people want to know how to do something. And I think the, tra the, the pandemic, obviously everyone was sort of stuck in one place for around two years. I think it's made more people want to travel more, you know, instead of just doing their same trips all the time. I think people especially in my circle and people who I've spoken to are realizing the world is so big and, you know, life is short. So it's like, well, how, how do I do these experiences? Firstly, on my budget, how do I make sure that I can afford these experiences, but also, also experience them. Um, so travel writing, I think it, it's, it's going to be more educating people as well as inspiring, but I think the education and the, the information is should be in my opinion the, the, the first and foremost like priority of sharing these guides and encouraging people but with an informative point of view instead of just going look how beautiful this place is and look how magical this is and look you can get these like five dollar pizzas from this place it's like okay well 
where is this place like how do I find this restaurant and how do I find an apartment or, or a hotel nearby and and how much money can I realistically spend um so I've, I've written a lot I'm, I'm quite transparent about how much we spend on travel because I know from like a consumer point of view I want to know so for example we spent a month in New York at the beginning of the year and I didn't find any information on how how much people had spent spending a month there because maybe not a lot of people have done it you know there was obviously people who actually lived in New York and their budget but that's different from than like a traveler point of view of who just going for a, like a holiday for a month there so I I wrote I broke down every single cent we spent in New York City for the month um and whether people you know that that's quite niche like you'll see you know it's very focused and whether you know five people might find that helpful but if those five people find it helpful that's you know that's my job done that's what my purpose is I want to help people because that's what I want to consume as well so that kind of content I think should be and hopefully will be created exactly and very very much in demand moving forward we see it already now people are looking for the how to do things go places arranging travels and I think that the fact that you experience what you write about and your first first-hand experience and you know travel proof as I said it's very important it makes it so much more reliable and relatable also because people know they can trust but you don't only write on your blog but you also write on other people's um, websites for other companies for your clients in general um, if a company Let's say if a travel or tourism company listening to this podcast today uh, wanted wanting to engage with a travel writer to create great content for their platforms, um, it's you know if they, they would be listening to this episode today, what would you recommend them to to prepare and and to and to provide to the travel writer so that to enable that person to do the best job he can? So I think. From my personal point of view, if I was being approached, I'd want them to have sort of done the research on me and my background of, of, of my expertise. I, I think it's important to pick the travel writer. If you're hiring them to do a job that they actually know what they're talking about. From the marketing side, they need to hire people who actually have an authority on that subject rather than just going, this person's got a million followers. It's like, but do they have experience of actually doing this topic you know do they do they know what they're writing about do they know what they're talking about it's not just about numbers it's not because they have a huge audience which obviously helps and from a hotel point of view I'm sure that is a really important thing but if they don't know how to write a good hotel review or create a good informative and a, a piece that would basically convert for the hotel then I don't think like that's not a good idea Exactly. And it, this is such a great point because this allure, you know, this this myth of having millions of followers or thousands, thousands of followers uh, would be the solution is actually not the solution is actually a big trap because we get so sidetracked by the number of followers that would dictate the authorities that that per, that, that travel writer or content creator has on a, on a certain subject. While instead, if that person niches down in that specific area of travel writing, whether it is hotel or um, tours, excursions, nature, hiking, um, camper van, or, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's really important, as you said, that the, the operator would do the homework first, 
instead of doing the way around and 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 sort of throwing it on the shoulders of the responsibility of the travel writer and then going about perhaps you know complaining about the quality of content or um the effectiveness of that content instead so yeah absolutely good point i agree with you moving forward you will have a lot more traveling ahead of you a lot more writing to do um what's next what what kind of uh, trips are you arranging or what's next on your agenda um so as i mentioned before we're we're going to poland for four days at the start of october and then we've booked um to go to croatia for a month um mid-october to mid-november um because after we we did an 11 month trip before the pandemic and it was it was it was amazing but it was quite quick and it was very fast paced and then at the start of the year we did a three month trip across america which was the best thing ever but it was so fast paced and i think because we've been doing it for a good few years now our focus is sort of longer slower travels so i like to spend a decent amount of time in one place so a month in croatia um will be amazing and I think from a content point of view I can then write about you know how much money we spent living in Croatia for a month how you know the best things to do and because we'll be there for so long I'll be able to create these ultimate guides to it as well as two-day itineraries of things we do that's the plan that's great I think that our path might actually cross because at the time of this recording we are uh, traveling across Albania Uh, in a month's time, you'll be traveling across Croatia, which is also on our itinerary. So you, we might meet. That would that would be amazing. Yeah, we keep in touch. That would, that would be really cool to do that. Yeah. And that's something that see how, how things are. Right? You never know what are the travel plans of the people that are listening to you or that are reading your your blog. And when you are very transparent, very clear on the purpose of your content, when it you come across real and and transparent people are more likely to engage with you to not just to read your content but also to contact you and 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 start a conversation for example thank you so much chloe this was a great conversation i think we've covered a lot of the do's and don'ts and the hopes and uh, and the mistakes and uh, and the highs and lows of of travel writing from a person that writes about what you know you you directly experience when you travel it's not it's not like perfect you know magazine uh polished travel writing that it's still based on research but yours is based on your first hand experience so keep doing what you do and if our followers and and audience at the podcast want to see more of you want to want to hear and read more of you what are the best ways of following you or getting in contact um so i always try and promote my blog first and foremost you know that is my main platform so you can find my blog at www.imjustagirl16.co.uk and then I am on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at I'm just a girl under 60 underscore 16 um so and any way you know any any time anyone communicates with me in any way is is lovely so and and thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure um awesome and a great conversation Thank you. I will put all the handles on the on the show notes of the podcast so whenever somebody listens to the pod, to the episode we can can find you on the show notes link. So thank you so much. All the best and uh, happy travel. Thank you so much and it was it was so great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Has this episode teased you to hire a travel writer to spice up or refresh your web content? Well, I hope Chloe's perspective on travel writing 
the effectiveness of it when truthful will continue to manifest. We need more of that. So if you want to get in touch with Chloe, head over to the show notes to find her contact details. Also, don't forget that you can still share a review about your thoughts on this podcast episode. Why not? It helps the podcast to be found and the message I share to be heard. Thank you for being here with me. And until next time, be well and enjoy traveling.